This episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry sent me a razor starter kit recently to try, and I put it to use very quickly because I keep myself clean shaven. In fact, I pretty much shave every single day because I have lots of facial hair. It grows back very quickly, and it's also really thick, and it hurts a lot when I shave normally, with a bad razor at least. So I've been using Harry's razors for like a week now. They're very nice. It's a five-blade razor, and I have to say, it really does effortlessly shave through my normally very annoying facial hair. It doesn't hurt one bit, no tugging, anything like that. And it stayed sharp the entire time as well. I'm very impressed so far. It also has kind of a good weight to it. It's like heavier than normal. I don't know. It's like, it's just got a good weight to it. I really like that. I didn't know I liked it before, but now I know I like it. I also really liked the shaving cream just because it smells really good. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by questionable shaving products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. Harry's has a customizable delivery option for scheduled refills as low as $2, half of what you pay from other big brands. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com otherworld. That's harrys.com slash otherworld for a $3 trial set. I have always wished that my Spanish was better. Living in Southern California and going to Mexico a lot for surfing, weekend trips, stuff like that. It's just very handy. I took three years of it in high school, but I really didn't learn that much from the books. I basically only got really good at asking various types of people where the library is located, which turns out to be not a phrase you use that often when you're on vacation. Rosetta Stone is a much more organic and easy way to learn a new language because it really immerses you in that language. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop, and also it has an app. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish. Like I said, it's fast language acquisition because it really immerses you in the language. There's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. They also have speech recognition features like True Accent, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also an amazing value. They offer a lifetime membership, which includes all 25 languages, which is perfect for any and all trips you might have in your future with various languages you might want to learn. Don't put off learning that new language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Otherworld listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com otherworld today. Welcome to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. So I want to start off today with a little good news, bad news situation. The good news is the show's been growing and doing great. We've kind of climbed up the charts, had some some brief appearances on the iTunes and Spotify charts, which is very exciting. I just wanted to say thank you, everybody, for spreading the word and leaving the reviews. It's so exciting to see a new audience join up and start listening. It makes me, it makes me very excited uh, for the future of the show. So thank you, um, and welcome if you're a new listener. The bad news, I lost a listener this week. I lost, I, I lost one of our first listeners, actually, my own future mother-in-law. <laughs> I saw she was, texted my fiancé saying that she 
um, tried listening to episode six and turned it off halfway through. Um, and not only is she no longer listening to the podcast, she's been actively telling other people in her family not to listen because she got too scared and she's worried about them, which is very funny. Um, and unfortunate, I, you know, I hate to lose a listener, but luckily it's been going pretty well. I think we're going to be okay. But that being said, I feel a little bad. I really am not trying to make a scary podcast. Some of this stuff is scary, but I just, I really want to go on record and say that other world is not always going to be scary. This is coming out Halloween weekend. So if you're listening to this in the future, just know that it's Halloween weekend. So I'm putting a lot of the scary stories back to back. After this, it's going to get a little bit nicer. So don't worry. Maybe there's one day where I'll get like some kind of rating system going on these episodes where I could kind of flag scary and less scary episodes for for the people that get spooked easily. Um, something to consider. Anyway, after this, we'll get into some strange episodes, but some that are very nice, um, heartwarming, and just weird. But today's episode is a scary one. It's uh, it's a, one of my favorites. I don't think I've responded to an email faster than this one. It comes from a guy named Marshall and takes place his freshman year of college. And when I read what he experienced, it was just instantly, no questions. I was just like, pick a time for the interview, let's go. You know, I've heard a lot of interesting ones and this was, this takes the cake. It's very vivid and unique. And I also really like the setting. Freshman year of college, it's a scary time for a lot of reasons. Um, not supernatural reasons, but it's a, it's a weird time to go through. You know, it's a big leap in life. There's a lot of strange changes taking place. Oftentimes you're with weird people thrown into strange living situations. But like I said, rarely have I heard paranormal stories from this time. And just being a story that takes place in a dorm adds a spin to this that I really, really like. So I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Once again, it comes from somebody named Marshall. And this is episode seven. The title of this episode is The Tunnel, and you're listening to Otherworld. Yeah, let us let us know when you're ready. Okay, okay. Um This is uh, a story about I'm Marshall. My only encounter with anything like even like a little bit supernatural or paranormal um, occurred, I guess it's six years ago now, um, 2016 in the fall when I was moving into Connecticut College as a freshman. Um, I showed up and received my dorm assignment and realized I'd be living in the basement of one of the older dorms on campus, the Catherine Blunt House. And so I moved in, we had like freshman orientation, and it became pretty clear pretty quickly that I wasn't going to get along too great with my uh, two roommates, 
one of them would like call his mom like multiple times a day, um, just like ask her random questions. And the other one was from Japan and was really quiet, didn't really seem to have any interest in getting to know us. So I started to make friends with the other kids on my floor. And when the other sophomores moved in, um, they were really friendly towards us. And we all kind of became fast friends about six of like the 12 or 15 of us on the floor all became really close really quickly. Um, and so we started getting to know them and asked, you know, why they were living on this floor. And basically they had bad lottery numbers, ended up in the basement, which, you know, is pretty obviously kind of shitty. It's like dark, um, it's dank, it's like um, kind of out of the way. But this one kid, James, told us right off the bat that he had heard rumors that it was haunted as well. And we all kind of rolled our eyes, but he went on and on about how everybody he knows that lives there claims it was haunted, like hearing a girl's voice like from down the hall, like all the time at night. And he claimed that this was from a girl that had died on our campus, like before the college went co-ed sometime in the 1960s. So we were all really skeptical, um, but he was super charismatic. And, you know, it was a sophomore who seemed to be at least in the small world I knew there on that campus, kind of the big man on campus, seemed to have a lot of friends coming through to say hi. So we took him up on his offer to like have a tour of the building and, you know, see what this like haunting thing was all about. And so like, this was probably day three. So we hadn't really explored too much down the whole floor, just kind of like getting to know the campus as a whole. But he took us down to the end of the hall, like a pretty long hallway, um, the length of the whole building. And at the other end was our laundry room, which we'd found. But there was a door that was closed, but was apparently always unlocked for everybody in the know. Um, and behind it was like a storage closet. We're like, all right, nothing too um, crazy here, just like some old beds and stuff. Um, like one singular like 40-watt light bulb hanging in the middle, which was a little bit creepy. And then behind another door, he opened it up to this tunnel. It was lit, it was, so it wasn't too scary, but it was filled with, just completely filled wall to like ceiling, floor and everything with graffiti from previous students. And it was various things. It was like pieces of art, messages, people signing their names, a lot of political statements because it was 2016. So that was like intense on a college campus. But yeah, we all kind of just like rolled our eyes at him. We're like, James, there's no way this is haunted and basically brushed it off. So as the semester goes on, we all became pretty close friends and we would hang out in James's room all the time. James was totally fine with us being there when he wasn't there. Um, we'd always go over there like pretty much every day to like smoke weed, watch movies, play video games, do everything. So I ended up spending like a lot of time with James and he's still one of my best friends today. But like throughout the semester, he kept telling me that he would hear voices at night and there'd be puddles of water on the floor in places that there shouldn't be like not near any of the bathrooms, not near any of like the pipes that were in the ceiling and stuff like that. And, you know, I just figured it was, you know, people partying. That tunnel um, led to one of the other dorms on campus, like, and it was kind of considered the stoner dorm, the party dorm, because it was one of the shittier ones that, you know, a lot of people like to live in because it was so shitty. So it was pretty lax about, you know, breaking stuff and all that. So it was pretty common for people who were drunk, especially in, as it got colder throughout the semester, to go from that dorm to mine using the tunnel. And so, yeah, if people are yelling in a tunnel, it echoes around. It sounds pretty creepy if you're hearing it just from far away. So it was pretty easy to just brush it off. Um, no big deal. Um, 
a couple other James stories were that he considered he kept saying he was having nightmares of a little girl coming into his room in his sleep. And again, like people have nightmares all the time, nothing crazy. And his shampoo bottles would keep go mis- keep going missing in the shower. Um, and that was just a mystery throughout the whole year. Um, but yeah, uh, James would keep having these weird experiences where he'd hear stuff, see these puddles, have a bad dream and get freaked out. And, you know, he would like come into my room a lot of times at night and be like, dude, I'm freaked out. Just let me sleep on your floor. <laughs> be like, all right, man, whatever. And this was pretty common. Like everybody on the floor had to put up James every once in a while just because he was freaked out. So the semester goes on, these things happen. I just, you know, always write it off to like drunk people. If the puddle's on the ground, maybe that's people spilling drinks. I never like got down and sniffed it because who's gonna be sniffing beer on the floor? Like, whatever. So yeah, life just went on until the end of the semester. And Connecticut College has like self-scheduled finals. So I was a nervous freshman, so I just decided to take mine like on the last possible day. I wrote all my papers and was going to take them on the last day, which was not the strategy of most students who would take them as soon as possible, pretty much as soon, like first or second day, and then party for a night or two and then leave. So by the time the last day of finals rolled around, the campus was really, really empty. Um, It was kind of a ghost town, but it was nice. I had the library pretty much to myself. It was great. There was nobody else left on my floor um, besides me, And this other guy, John, who was like a super senior finishing up like his classes in the fall, who lived down the hall, who we really didn't see much of all semester. He was really reclusive. So that night I, you know, finished studying, like put on a movie. I'm like sitting in my room, just hanging out, um, getting ready to go to bed. And I begin to hear like screaming from down the hall. And, you know, usually like when I had heard the screaming earlier in the semester, it was it, it was in line with people being drunk, whether it was like, you know, yelling and laughing or even yelling people upset. But usually you could tell they were like slurring words and it was just like an argument between a couple or something like that and nothing really to worry about. So it was a little strange that it was that the campus was so empty. There weren't really any parties going on and yet there was still yelling. But I brushed it off for five or ten minutes. It kind of sounded at first like I could only hear like high-pitched wails every, you know, few seconds, it almost felt like. It would just kind of be like a, you know, a a woman screaming every 10 seconds or so, like the very, like, loudest part of, you know, somebody yelling a sentence or something. And then it started to raise in volume, and these, like, kind of screams and exclamations got a little bit louder. They weren't forming any words. It was more just you know, um, well, as it got louder, it became apparent that it was kind of like an ongoing moan sound that would like, you know, spike in volume, um, for a second, like somebody was being, you know, hit or something like that. Like the way you would exclaim, um, as a reaction to some sort of like pain, I guess. And that's what started to really freak me out. So that's when, I decided this had probably happened over 10 minutes. It got louder and louder. So I finally stepped out of my room and it felt like as soon as I stepped out of my room, it became like an ear piercing shriek that wouldn't really stop. Just 
so loud I couldn't believe it. I like covered my ears and it was just still so loud. It seemed like it was filling the entire hallway and it was just, it almost felt like the wind was blowing with it. You know, the, the air moved with this scream that was coming like from the direction of that tunnel. And, you know, <laughs> the instinct was to like run back inside my room, pretend it wasn't happening, but I stood there for a second and in sheer panic, you know, knew I needed to find out like what was going on um, because it just didn't feel right. It, I, you know, it obviously didn't feel human, but I, I couldn't explain it. And so I began to like make my way slowly down the hall all the while this like ear piercing shriek, like, <laughs> like a banshee, I, I guess. Um, and what led me down the hall, I guess, was just like some weird morbid curiosity. I, I didn't necessarily feel afraid, but almost like, you know, I had heard all this about that like stupid hallway from James all semester. And I'm like, I, I think there was a part of me in the back of my head that's like, there's no way this fucking guy is right. That <laughs> There's something up with that. And so, yeah, I, I kind of had to force myself to take each step. But I just made my way slowly down there. It seemed to get a little bit louder, but it started out so loud that it was, it, it was hard to tell. Um, and so I made my way to the storage room, took a nervous peek around, and I didn't see anything. Um, it, the air didn't seem really to be rushing from there anymore, but as I turned the corner, it really felt like the sound got a little bit louder as if, you know, I was getting ever closer. Like the second I turned that corner, it felt like, you know, I had come one step closer to the source and <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I kept moving forward, but just in that situation, there's really no like thinking going on, really. Like my brain was just almost completely empty, just with sheer confusion um, and fear, basically. And so I made my way across that room and into the hallway. And as I looked around the hallway and I took one step in. I saw a woman. Um, she seemed to be about college-aged, and she was floating. <laughs> she was floating about a foot off the ground. The noise was louder than I can even possibly describe. The screaming, this just like high-pitched, like constant scream. Her head was tilted back straight towards the ceiling. Um, I couldn't see her face because of it, because of the height and the way her head was tilted back, like as far as it could go um, straight up towards that ceiling. She was probably only about a foot away from the ceiling with her face. And um, she was wearing like a, a striped shirt, vertical stripes, um, like orange, white, blue and green um, jean shorts and, and like white tennis shoes. Uh, she... <laughs> She had blonde hair, and I remember, like, the detail that, like, sticks out in my head that I, like, I just see so vividly is, is like, little bits of blonde hair coming out. Her hair seemed to be in a ponytail, and little bits of blonde hair um, coming out, like, from her forehead where they had fallen out of this ponytail. I remember thinking to myself, like, she was moving, kind of writhing. I th it almost seemed like she was, you know, hanging from something in midair and her body seemed to be writhing. She wasn't like transparent or anything like a ghost, you know, might be if that's what it was or whatever, but 
she, yeah, she was just floating there. And I just remember, like, it it just seemed like the, the situation slapped me in the face. I'd, I probably screamed. I don't even remember. It was just pure fight or flight panic. And I just sprinted back to my room as fast as I could. I, I got out of there as fast as I could. And I got in my room. I, like, was just standing there, like, pacing around, like, hyperventilating. And... I, I don't even know what was going through my head, just like every possible thought at once. What the fuck was that? Am I safe? What, the, What's going on? Like, what was that sound? How could, what, what could that have been? And, you know, when I started to like regain a little bit of control over myself, I realized um, that there was no more screaming or moaning or, or any sound coming from the hallway. I like, held my breath as long as possible like I could barely hear over like my heart beating in my ears but I listened as best as I could and I really couldn't hear anything I cracked open the door um and it seemed totally silent like uh, you could hear a pin drop down there um not even like you know water hot air running through the pipes it just seemed completely dead silent maybe by contrast maybe it was I I don't know and so I (laughs) I've was shocked I hadn't seen anybody else. I I ran to that kid John's room who I hadn't really seen at all that semester, like pounded on his door and he opened it. And I was like, did, did you hear that? Like, what the, like, I, I don't know if I could even like <laughs> ask him a clear question. He was very clearly confused and could see I was in a state of panic and basically just like rolled his eyes and told me to fuck off. And I, I kept knocking and finally got the question out. Like, did you hear that screaming? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? And he basically told me, like, yeah, it was just a drunk person. Like, go to bed. Fuck off. And I told him what I'd seen. He really didn't believe me. I, I'm sure I probably didn't even describe it clearly at all. I probably just was spitting words at him. But he eventually walked down the hallway with me. I was, like, shaking with fear, walking, like, 10 feet behind him basically just trying to make sure that he went in there and actually looked down the hallway and he saw nothing and like (laughs) just told me to fuck off again he's like i'm studying i got studying to do go to bed and so i did (laughs) to the best of my ability i sat in bed probably shaking for you know an hour or two i eventually got to sleep and whatever Okay, we have to take a quick break, but we will be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like you just need to get something off your chest? Contrary to the belief of, I think, every single man in my family lineage, dating back to the hunter-gatherer period, bottling things up does not work. When you push those things down, it begins to build up and negatively affects you. And of course... The stuff you bottle up always finds a way to come out eventually, usually not in a very good way. Therapy is a place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. There's a reason people say it's like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders afterwards. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you could switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com otherworld today to get 10% off your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Otherworld. Hey, Otherworld listeners. I'm excited to tell you about a show that I love and I think you're going to love as well. It's called Sophia with an F, starring Sophia Franklin. This show is about as different from Otherworld as a show could possibly be, which is why I think many people were very, very shocked when I got invited on as a guest around Halloween. It was really the crossover that nobody expected. I'll never forget the day my episode came out and every single one of my college-age cousins texted me all at the same time. Very confused, but also very excited. It was nice to hear from all of them, though, and uh, finally get some respect. I had a great time on the show. Sophia is really down-to-earth, which is why I think her interviews are so good. We talked about Otherworld, the paranormal, getting into this whole thing unexpectedly, as I did, and a lot of other stuff that I think normally does not get discussed on Sophia with an F. Normally in the show, Sophia Franklin goes deep on sex, life, mental health, relationships, and everything in between. You could get Sophia all to yourself every Monday for solo mini-episodes and every Thursday with her ride-or-die best friends, experts, and some famous guests on a host of other topics, topics that are not safe for the dinner table, from foursomes and sugar daddies to wild sexcapades and tips for keeping things fresh in the bedroom. It's raw and laugh-out-loud funny, no borders and no filters. My personal favorite is the episode with Walk a Flock of Flame, if you want somewhere to start. Listen to and follow Sophia with an F on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So the last weird part was the next day, I, you know, shower off in the morning, try to clear my head. I have to go take a test. And I step out of my room and... As I step out, my foot comes down and I hear water splash a little bit. And I look and there's just like a light puddle (laughs) along the whole hallway. And so I, you know, start looking for where the water's like kind of flowing from, if it's like coming in from anywhere, if it's just been sitting here. And I walk around the corner of the hall and realize that it seems to be coming from James's room. And so he always left his door unlocked for us, even after he left for the semester. And I opened it up and like pretty much everything in there had been soaked. He took most of his stuff for the winter break, but his carpet, like the clothes he had there, any bags left on the ground. He actually, the the PlayStation was fried. We were pretty pissed about that. But um, yeah, his whole room was just like soaked. So I called maintenance, like the campus maintenance, and basically told them, you know, there was a flood, come check it out, it was in this room, but I had to run to my exam, so I didn't see them coming in. Um, When I came back after my test, they were vacuuming up all the water, and I talked to them and asked what happened, and they said it must have been groundwater, and I was confused by that because it hadn't rained the night before, and there had been snow on the ground, and when it melted a few weeks ago, it, like, did come in, like through my windows a little bit, but it didn't happen with James's room at all. He, his windows were sealed. His windows were closed last night when I walked in the room. The windows were closed, so I was just confused. And I asked him if you know maybe a pipe had burst or leaked or anything, and they told me that there were no pipes anywhere near like that side of the room. Like the bathrooms weren't near there. There was no reason for any water running water to be near there. Even like the steam heating. Um, It was only like a small pipe that went like under his floor apparently. So it couldn't have been that. And yeah, I somehow felt it must have been related. I mean, 
he told me he kept seeing puddles of water all semester and hearing these screams. And of course, you know, the last night when it's just me, I <laughs> hear the loudest scream and his room gets flooded, which was really strange. After this, you know, everybody, I, I texted everybody on my floor who I was friends with and told them what happened. And they were kind of split on whether they believe me. James definitely did and was freaked out about coming back. Um, and he eventually did. He didn't want to leave the floor, but one girl moved out. She was kind of, she <laughs> told campus safety. She was, you know, a kind of new agey girl from California who was big into like crystals and stuff like that. So she told like the housing staff that I had seen a ghost and it had flooded the room and that it was clearly like a bad spirit that wasn't, you know, safe to live around. Um, and she moved out. And so, yeah, after we lived out the rest of the spring semester there with no real incidents, I mean, there were still voices coming down the hallway, but I mean, I know for a fact it's been, you know, drunk people partying a few times, but I never heard anything that seemed to be in pain or in anguish or anything like that again. But after we moved out that year, the campus shut down that floor. Nobody was allowed to live down there for the rest of my time at college. Um, maybe they had heard a lot of these stories in past years. I don't know why they never really gave an explanation. But yeah, I think that's just about everything. Like right off the bat, I, I was always like, you know, very science-minded. I thought I was going to be an engineer or, you know, a coder, some sort of like scientific person. I was always like atheistic and, you know, did the like physical determinism, like the universe is just like physics set off by the Big Bang. It's all like written in stone. It's all going to happen, whatever. Um, but after this happened, I started thinking a lot more about that because I, I just didn't, there was no way to explain it, you know, in a logical way. And, you know, it was a liberal arts college, so they kind of invited us to like, you know, take different classes. And, you know, I, I took a class with Hume who like, you know, wrote about miracles and just learning about like <laughs> miracles in that philosophical tradition, just like basically defined as inexplicable events by God. Um, just, I don't know, it sent me down a rabbit hole. And there were a whole other reasons why I loved studying philosophy. But, you know, you can, at least like in the empiricist sense, like just start with your experiences and figure out what the world is like based on that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I truly believe that, you know, what you sense and what you perceive is the truth. I don't think like anybody can take from me and I can't take from myself that I saw what I saw and that night like happened. Um, and so that's just part of my experience in this world. And I think everybody's life is kind of filled with inexplicable experiences, whether, and you know, there's no point in trying to design like a, a big, you know, explanation for everything that happens in life. So I think since then my outlook has been in a weird way, more like easygoing, because I feel like, okay, you know, what happens, happens. You do what you can about what you can, and you live with what you can't. <laughs> and yeah, I, it, it's a thing that happened to me, and I was really scared at the moment. And, you know, it is, 
it has some like dark implications, I guess, but I don't think, I don't even necessarily think like the typical paranormal explanations of, oh, maybe something bad happened to her and, you know, it's a tortured spirit who can't leave this realm or whatever. I, I don't necessarily buy into that either. I just, I just think it's something that is impossible to explain. Um, but it happened to me and I'll keep it as truth even though I can't explain it. All right, thank you, Marshall, for telling us that story. Man, I've never, I mean, I've heard a lot of ghost stories. That's the only one that I've heard where it's not anything translucent. It's not like a glimpse. It's fully somebody seeing something floating right there in front of their face with such a vivid description. I mean, that is, it's the details that always get me with these stories. And that's how I, that's a main way I could tell. Also, just the description of her clothes, how much he remembered from it was very ugh, spooky. Another detail that stuck out was the water. I don't want to spoil things, but that's something that I've noticed popping up in stories. I don't know what it means, but it's definitely going to be a factor in a story coming up probably the final the, the finale episode of this show um, which is also the only story that has actually really scared me while recording it but that's a long ways away we have a lot more episodes before you hear that one but I would just make a mental note of the water so thank you so much to Marshall for telling us that story like I said this is coming out on Halloween weekend so folks hope you had a very good Halloween this is not a Halloween podcast. We are continuing onward. I have a lot more episodes coming. We're just getting started. So thank you so much for listening. Please continue to spread the word. My name's Jack Wagner, and you have been listening to Otherworld. Otherworld is executive produced and hosted by myself, Jack Wagner. Theme song is by Cobra Man. Our music and soundtrack is by Juice Jackal and Chrome Sparks. Editing and engineering by Theo Schaefer. The artwork for our show is by Cul-de-Sac Studios. Once again, this is an independent show, so please show your support by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and telling your friends. Also, if you or somebody you know has experienced something paranormal, supernatural, or unexplained, you could send us your story at stories at otherworldpod.com. <laughs>